This is episode 594 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, I am going to bounce off a lot of different articles, and we're going to talk about one specific topic about heat and how you can stay cool. Hey guys, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, from time to time I get asked by listeners to the podcast or readers of Prepper Website how they can help support what I'm doing in the preparedness community. So I don't have a Patreon or a donate button or anything like that. But if you purchase from Amazon, which a lot of people do, you can support my efforts by going through my link. Now, it doesn't cost you anything extra, and I get a small percentage of what you purchase. It's already kind of baked into the price, so you don't pay anything extra when you're when you're buying from Amazon, right? It's going to go to someone. And so if you're just going straight to Amazon, I would greatly appreciate it if you would go through our link and uh, that would that, that just helps, you know, with the cost and the different things that I need to purchase. Now I can't put a direct link to Amazon in my show notes because that's against their terms of service, but I have a link to Prepper website that will take you to a page where you can go straight to Amazon. And of course, on all the websites, I do have links on the front of the page that you can easily click. So wherever it says Amazon, you can click on that and on that picture or that graphic and it'll take you to Amazon and then you can purchase from there, purchase whatever you're gonna purchase and I get a a little credit for that. Uh, It doesn't matter what you purchase, it just happens. And so uh, it's really cool. It's not a lot of money that I usually get when they, you know, settle up and all that kind of stuff. But it is a bit a benefit and it is a help. And so I just kind of want to put that out there. I really do appreciate it. it. When you do go through Amazon and the Amazon link, it, uh, it it's a great blessing for us. All right, so uh, let me go ahead and start with this episode. I want to talk a little bit about heat because it's so darn hot out there. Now, many of you know that I live in Houston. I talk about that all the time and it gets crazy hot, uh, hot and humid. Not too long ago, I was talking with one of the coordinators of social studies in my in the hallway, and I was like, I don't know who you know the Allen brothers when they when they uh, decided to land in Houston and say, hey, let's go ahead and uh, you know build this up. I don't know what they were thinking, right? Because it is so just darn hot. And one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is because I have some experience this week, so uh, or last week, right? Uh, Earlier in the week, my wife called me. I was at work and she uh, let me know that it didn't feel like the AC was cooling. And I was like, oh man, you know, things start running through your mind. We have an older system and last time, you know, we've been patching it up and our AC guy was telling us, hey, you just, you need to be prepared because it's an older system. You need to be prepared to replace it. So that's always been in the back of my mind and especially going through our hot hot summers that we have here in Houston, I'm like, oh man, can it make it one more, you know, one more summer? Can, can it do it? And uh, of course it, it didn't. 
And so, uh, you know, she's calling me every, you know, every so often she's letting me know because I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm getting, I want to get updates and I'm kind of gearing up for this bad news because I knew, like I said, it was getting patched up and it was going to be, uh, it was getting to the time where we're going to have to do something, right? And so sure enough, uh, the AC guy came out because it was not cooling and we, uh, you know, we went outside and he was looking around and he, he found that there was a big leak and he said, like, here it is right here. And he goes, I can patch this up. I can put more Freon in it. Supposedly, it's the it's the older Freon or, or whatever, however that goes. And he's like, man, I'm just not you doing buying that anymore. And he goes, when I when I use up what I have, it, it, it's going to be gone. And so he told me what it would cost to get it back up and running, which would have been a lot cheaper, but still would have been enough money that if it didn't work or if it only lasted a little bit, it wouldn't have been worth it when you could have put all that money towards a new system. So we decided to go ahead and go with a new system, but we were out of AC for two days. And, you know, when you're during the house, when the, or during the day, when you're in the house and the house is getting, is heating up and stuff, I mean, we have a lot of fans. I believe in having fans, you know, those tower fans that are oscillating, that are moving air around, and some of them blow really hard. And so if you're sitting in front of them, and you're doing other things to kind of keep yourself cool. It does make you know some sense to have those, and and again, just to move the air around. Especially if you're someone who likes it cold, you might be able to keep the AC up a few more degrees higher and use fans that that can move the air around. And that seemed to work, but it it was getting really hot inside of the house. And so we made the decision to go stay at my parents' house. And uh, that was that was crazy, right? Where you you get up and you you're moving everything. Of course, I have work, so I got to do you know be prepared for that. Be able to leave straight to work from their house and and all your toiletries and all that kind of stuff. When you're in this situation, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Man, I'm going to fork out all this money for this new system." And all these things are going on, right? And then, of course, the way that I think and the way that I start processing is what would happen if we didn't have a place to go to, right? Uh, if we didn't have mom and dad where we can go to, or let's just say we didn't have the, you know, the grid was down for whatever reason. The grid was down everywhere and no one had AC. And of course, my mind starts racing with that. And that begins to get into a very dangerous situation. On past episodes, when I've talked about you know hurricanes and stuff like Hurricane Ike and Hurricane Rita, although Hurricane Rita didn't come through Houston, uh, different times when people have evacuated and our freeway systems get so clogged up that people have died on the side of the road, people that were medically fragile, older people, because their ACs stopped working or they ran out of gas in their vehicles, their AC stopped working and they were in this in this heat. Even with the windows rolled down, they were in the heat and they died, man. And that's that's terrible because you know that in a situation like like a grid down, you know, a serious blackout or you know, complete grid down failure, whatever, all of that stuff, that that's going to wind up happening. And so I think it's one of those things that's very wise to, to be smart and to have some things in place now. You don't want to get to that situation when that's going down and then start making preparations. You want to be thinking about that here. Now, one of the other things is it seems like temperatures are crazy everywhere. And so you guys that live up north, sometimes, I mean, you're like going from some winter type weather to it's like extremely hot. And it's, you know, you're up there up north 
And some of your places, you know, when you get to the extreme north up there, some of you guys don't have AC systems like we have. And it could be brutal if, for whatever reason, the weather turns really hot up there. You guys are going to suffer greatly. And so it's just really smart. And actually, some of you guys already do some things because you're in a situation where you don't have central air and heat like those of us in the south have. And so you already do some things that you can do. But again, if you're basing that on electricity, what are some things that you can do when you don't have electricity to make sure that you stay cool because just being hot is miserable. But then also on the other side of that is protecting your loved ones, your, you know, your, the elderly that are you know, your loved ones, your younger kids, because they'll be susceptible to all of this. And so you want to make sure that you have things in place. And this is a very serious thing, right? So one of the things that I was gearing up and preparing for uh, when I was preparing for this podcast is I hit an article that I posted not too long ago, actually just a few, you know, this last week on Prepper website by Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy of doomandbloom.net. And I was going to use that to bounce off. So let me go ahead and find that. It's called Heat Wave Safety from doomandbloom.net. So I was all prepared to go straight into you know reading this article and talking a little bit about it. But then I, I realized I was on Twitter. I was checking up on the news and I saw a post from Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy on their Twitter handle that they had talked about this on their recent podcast. And so their recent podcast was, well, I'm recording this on Sunday. They record theirs or they put theirs out on Saturday. So episode 357, Survival Medicine Hour, Equipping the Medic, Heat Waves, Heat Stroke, and, and more. And so I figure, okay, Dr. Bones is probably taking care of this from a medical standpoint, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And so I, I want to make sure that you... First of all, you should be listening to their podcast. They put on a great, uh, or they have a lot of great information in their genuine people. And I'm going to be on their podcast here real soon. We have that scheduled already. And so I'll share that out with you. But I just want to make sure that you, you have that because I'm not going to use their article because I, fig- I figure they're going to talk a lot about this stuff. I haven't listened to their podcast episode, but I figure they're going to talk a lot about what they put in their in their uh, their article here in their podcast, one of the things that I do love of what they put there is uh, the NOAA National Weather Service Heat Index. And so a lot of the times you look at temperature, but temperature is not the only thing that lets you know how hot it is out there. So for instance, here in Houston, we can have sometimes 80 degree uh, you know, humidity, relative humidity. And so when you start to to look at that kind of stuff added with the temperature, so 80 degrees humidity, when you're looking at temperatures that are like, for instance, 92, you're looking at 113 of, uh, of the heat index, right? And so it just really pushes it up. And you you always hear from people, it's like, hey, that's a, a, a wet cold or a wet, you know, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there is some truth to it. It does feel a lot hotter. And so that's one great thing. I'm going to link to their article and I'm going to link to their podcast. So if you have not listened to their podcast or you have not subscribed, then you can go ahead and do that. And it's definitely one of those uh, podcast that you have that you should have in your podcast catcher as well as prepper website if you're listening to this episode and you have not subscribed then you should go ahead and subscribe so then i was you know what i really felt like i should talk a little bit about heat because it's you know this was supposed to be a very uh hot 
weekend across uh, the nation. But not only that, again, I go back to thinking about my, you know, what would happen if there was a true grid down situation? And there's a lot of people out there that need to prepare that you could put some things in place now. And so I started looking up in the archives, some of the articles that I have posted back in the past. And I came across one from the survivalmom.com, Lisa Bedford, right? And so I, I started looking at this one. I'm like, okay, 17 tips for staying cool when it's hotter than hell outside. And I'm like, okay. So I started looking this over and I'm like, wait a minute, this kind of <laughs> seems familiar to me. And so I went and I searched on the podcast a website and I realized that I did share this one out yeah, probably last year. Yeah, so around this time last year in episode 337, talked a little bit about uh, talked a little bit about heat and staying cool in the summertime. And so I'm going to link to episode 337 if you haven't listened to that one in a while. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bounce off two other articles that were in the archives, things that you can do that are just really easy to do, but ways that you can stay cool and, and protect yourself and your family when you're in a heat wave. So let's go ahead and start. And I want to start with an article from a good friend, Chris Ray of preparedchristian.net. Now, I haven't read an article from Chris Ray, uh, actually from preparedchristian.net, uh, I don't think ever. And uh, one of the reasons being is Chris has left Prepared Christian up, but he hasn't really been doing any new articles on it. And so the information is there. And if you, so if you are a Christian or if you just want some really great preparedness, I mean, Chris was writing about preparedness really early on and uh, also from a Christian standpoint. So he, the website is there. There's a lot of great information. And so, um, you know, I've linked, to, I've been linking to Prepared Christian for a very, very long time. So I will link to this article like always, but I want to go ahead and, and start reading it. It's just called Keep Cool Without AC. And we'll, we'll bounce off of this one and I have one more for you. And then some other things, just some other ideas and things. So uh, let's go ahead and start. Many people are surprised to find out how hot and muggy it can get in Minnesota. With temperatures of 90 plus degrees and humidity levels of, are you kidding me, it can get quite uncomfortable here. I also spent some time in the South when I was in the Navy. I can't imagine dealing with 110 plus degrees day after day. Now, in case you haven't guessed, I don't like the heat. I don't tolerate it well. AC is an easy fix, but what if you have to be outdoors or if for some reason AC isn't available? Here are some tips for staying cool in the heat. First up is clothing. So wear loose-fitting, light-colored clothing. It might sound counterintuitive, but wear long sleeve shirts and a hat. The sun directly on your skin will heat you even more. And wear clothes made of cotton as it wicks heat away from your body. This is the reason the phrase cotton kills exists. When the phrase is used, it usually is in for colder climates. All right, guys, so that's really important there. You know, we hear the, the fact that in preparedness, uh, survival, that you should be wearing wool. But that's not necessarily, I mean, like Chris was saying here, that's usually in colder climates that they're talking about that because wool can get wet, but then continue to provide that warmth. But when you're in extreme heat, then you want the opposite of that. You want cotton. You want cotton to be able to absorb your sweat. And then as it evaporates, it creates that cooling effect on your skin. So remember that. And then also remember to have 
maybe you need to purchase some articles of clothing that are long sleeve, but that are, you know, very loose fitting and uh, very light, right? So they're not very, uh, you know, thick, long sleeves and things like that. Maybe some long sleeve t-shirts that you can find. That might be something you might need to look into and add to your wardrobe here. So um, continuing on with this section, if you wear a hat, get it wet and put it back on, a bandana can work for this as well. Now, let me just say a few uh, things here about a bandana. Of course, you can have a bandana, uh, just a regular bandana or a shemag. Maybe you have one of those where, you know, it's uh, just, I guess, for those that are familiar with it, it's just a bigger bandana that you, uh, the military uses, but you can buy them on Amazon all the time. And there's a lot of survival uses and th different things like that for them. But th there are things that you can buy. I remember buying some of these at Walmart when we first started going out to the country and we just left them up there, but they're, they're like little strips of, uh, I guess, bandana material type bandana material, but they have some kind of chemicals, whatever, you know, that, that re when it reacts with water, it, it kind of bu bubbles up and bulges up and then it creates this cooling effect. And so I can't, you know, there's so many different ones out there, but the, the ones that I purchased, I remember they had, they were, they looked like that red bandana, the traditional bandana that you, that you normally find. It, it, they look like that, but they had this filler on the inside. And so you would wet it for about 30 seconds. You put it underwater for about 30 seconds and then you would wring it out, put it around your neck and it would cool. So as it evaporated, as the water evaporated, it would keep your neck really cool. And we used the, we used those a lot up at the country. And like I said, we just left them up there. I mean, they were like hung on a hook. And so when we would get up there and it was hot, we would just start using those again. I also purchased uh, a vest that kind of worked the same way. Now, people warned me that in humidity, they wouldn't work as well. And maybe, or in high humidity, they wouldn't work very well because of the evaporation, you know, that, that takes into account all of that stuff, right? The humidity. Now, it it did work. And so I would always wear it when I was on the tractor, especially, you know, we were there for a certain amount of uh, a day or two. And we, we tried to, especially when it was really hot, we would rest underneath the shade and all that kind of stuff. But there were some times where it's like, we just need to push through and cut as much grass as we can because we're not here for very long. So I would use those uh, those vests, I, I would put a vest in uh, a five gallon bucket, fill it up with water, let it sit in there for 30 seconds, uh, and then you know, wring it out and put it on. And it, it did keep me cool. Um, it probably didn't keep me cool if, you know, the humidity was a, was a true ask, you know, an issue. Now, of course, out in the country, we're a little bit further where we are now, but you know, so it's the humidity wasn't as, as much as it is where I'm at in Houston, but uh, you know, it did help. It did work. And so if that's something that you might want to consider, they weren't very expensive. I want to say they were like somewhere between 25 and $30 on Amazon and it was well worth it. You know, it, it did keep you cool. And so it didn't like drip, continually drip water. It held the water in after you, of course you, you would wring it out, but it would hold the water in and it had that material on the inside. So I definitely would recommend one of those if that's something that you, you know that you're going to be out there in the heat. And you know, if you are in a true grid down situation and you have to be outside, you want to do everything you can to keep yourself cool and maybe even keep your loved ones cool, right? And, and have something like this, $20, $30 for this would be a great, great deal. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Next up is liquids. So in hot weather, you need to increase your liquid intake. 
Don't wait until you're thirsty. When you're active, you should be drinking 16 to 32 ounces of water an hour. So guys, let me stop right there. Remember, you know, when we talk about water, a lot of the times the, you know, the statistic that you get or the advice that you get is one gallon of water per person per day. And that's just like regular. That's just like the minimum. But when you're talking about being in extreme heat, you need to make sure that you're taking in more water. So that's, you know, that that minimum there, you really need to increase it. So you need to be thinking about that because you don't want to get dehydrated in a situation where you can't easily get to the doctors and the hospitals and different things like that. So continuing on, it says here, if your urine is anything but clear, you're dehydrated and need to rehydrate ASAP. Avoid beverages containing caffeine as it prom- promotes dehydration. All right, so um, on the, the urine thing, I don't necessarily agree 100% about the clear, that it has to be clear. Actually, I've read other things that if you're completely clear that you have too much water, you're hydrated too much. I don't know. I'm not a medical doctor. You need to look into that a little bit more. I know that just eating different things can cause your urine to look different, can smell different and all that kind of stuff. But with all of that said, it is an indication. And so maybe I need to do a podcast. I I'm pretty sure I have linked to articles about this or I have act or read stuff in the past about this. So maybe I need to look that up and talk a little bit about that, but it is an indication. So, you know, be paying attention to something as simple as that. You know, how often are you going are you going to the restroom? Uh, is it something that uh, you know, you haven't gone to the restroom all day long and it's hot out there, you could be dehydrated and your body is hanging on to to fluids. Again, I am not a doctor and all of that kind of stuff, you know, you know, the whole disclaimer thing, but that's something that you need to be paying attention to and looking into. Of course, there's also things where you can look at people's lips and you can look at their color of their skin and, and different things like that. I'm sure Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy talked a little bit about that in their medical podcast. And so uh, you definitely want to go check that one out. All right. So continuing on here with liquids. Um, water is a great source to stay hydrated, but many people don't like water. There are additives such as powdered Gatorade that can flavor water and add electrolytes at the same time. Um, we've talked a little bit about that, guys. Those little packages that you can buy, you know, the, the ones that you buy at the store, you put in a 12-ounce bottle, you shake it up. And so sometimes people just buy them for flavored whatever, lemonade, tea, whatever. But they also sell some that have you know, minerals and things to help you stay hydrated. So that might be something that you would want to put in a kit for yourself in a, in a bug out bag in an EDC, whatever, take home, get home bag. But you also need to have some of those things for a time where if you're getting dehydrated, you can easily get to those and start using those. And then lastly, here in this section, put a water bottle in the freezer. And when you go outside, take it with you as the ice melts, you have cold water to drink. All right, so next up then is food. Avoid using the stove as it will just add more heat. All right, so let me just tell you, when you're in Houston and you have, uh, you know, even when the AC is working great, that's one thing that we try not to do is not put on the stove when we, or not the stove, the oven, uh, when we, you know, when it's the middle of the day. We don't want it going in the middle of the day because it does heat up the house. It is something that you can feel. And so it it makes a big temperature difference. Again, your AC is working harder. You don't want to introduce 
more heat into your home. So it is a good idea to not use your stove and your oven if you can get away from it. You know, I know uh, the other article will talk about maybe grilling or using the stovetop on your grill. And uh, that would be a great idea to do, go do that and keep the heat outside so that you don't bring that in. All right, next up, eat cold foods, fruits, and vegetables are a good idea. Eat smaller meals, but eat more often. The larger the meal, the more metabolic heat your body produces to digest it. The same applies to drinking very cold water. It can actually heat you up because your body quickly reacts to warm the water to core temperature. Then eat copious amounts of ice cream. Okay, sorry about that. The little kid in me took over for a second. All right, so that's Chris there having a little bit of fun there. But, you know, one of the things is you want to stay cool. One of the things we love to do, I mean, eating fruit is, you know, is one of those important things. Uh, one of the things we love to do up in the country is to take fruit with us. So when we would rest, when it was really super hot and we'd go into the shade, we would break open the ice chest and eat some fruit. And it really did cool you off. It really was a great thing to, to be able to do that. All right, so next up, the body. Now, the body radiates heat from the head, hands, and feet. Getting these areas wet will aid in cooling. When I was in the Navy on a cruise to the Gulf, they told us to eat more salt on our food to help the body retain water. It's true that we lose salt and minerals when we sweat. These salts and minerals need to be replaced. A sports drink will often work. Check with your doctor before going this route. Now, if outdoor work must be done, do it in the morning or evening. Avoid being out in the sun in the hottest part of the day. Put a bottle of lotion in the fridge, squirt some on, and rub it into your hands and feet. Now, I have never tried this, but it sounds like a decent idea. By placing a cool water bottle between your upper thighs or in your armpits, you will cool the blood. Don't use ice cold, as this could be a shock to your heart. A similar principle is to get a bandana wet with cool water and wrap it around your neck, head, or wrist. Now take frequent cool showers or baths and use a chillo pillow cooling device. Alright, so one of, my, one of my sons did not want to go to my parents' house because he had work and he works very close here and he just didn't want to get up that extra early time. So he stayed here in the heat with the uh, with a bunch of fans and he just had a bunch of fans on him. They actually said that it was, you know, they stayed relatively cool. Um, but one of the things that he was he told me about is that he took a lot of cold showers and uh, that helped to keep him cool. So you can do that. And again, that cooling device uh, I've already talked about the ones that you can get. And guys, they weren't very expensive. I think like 3 to $5 at Walmart and definitely worth it. If you have an elderly parent, you know, or you have a kid or you're out there working in the yard. I mean, heck, you can use it right now for gardening or, you know, doing yard work or whatever. It doesn't have to be grid down situation. You can use it and it will work. And it just continues to work as long as you can get it wet and hold it underwater for a little bit. All right, so uh, we have two more little sections here. The first one uh, here as we, as we get ready to close out is the home. Now, if you have a basement, the temperature there is often 10 to 15 degrees cooler. My home is a four-level split. I would say each level is at least five degrees cooler than the one above it. Keep your curtains or blinds drawn. If possible, have the outside of the blinds or curtains be light in color. This will reflect heat back outside. Dark colors will increase the temperature. This would be a good idea in the colder times of the year. I have not done this, but have heard that it works. Hang a damp sheet in place of your drapes. 
to go with the drapes suggestion from above, use a light colored sheet. I don't know if that would necessarily work, but okay, you ha you have that, uh, that you can try that. Another thing that I have heard of but haven't tried is spraying your roof with water. The heat evaporates the water, leaving the roof cooler. And then the very last section here is don't forget your pets. Keep plenty of cool water available. Make sure they have shade available to lie in. And some of our dogs love chewing on ice cubes. All right, so that's it for this article. Yeah, you're definitely your animals outside. Uh, you need to make sure that they have water, that they're keeping themselves cool and trying to stay out of the sun as much as possible if they are, you know, livestock. And of course, if you own animals like that, you already know that. But it's something to uh, always remember and to have in the back of your, uh, your head there. So great information here from Chris over at Prepared christian.net so the other article is not a very long one but it's over at preparednessadvice.com and i'm going to read this one it's it has some of the same uh similar things that we've already talked about uh but i want to go ahead and hit this one because there were some different things here and uh then i've got one thing that i want to talk to you about right after this one that uh you, i think you should check out so again this one's coming to us from preparednessadvice.com and this one's entitled, How to Stay Cool Without Electricity. So with all the heat waves that have been occurring lately, this post will give you some tips on how to stay cool when the power is shut down and there is no air conditioning. However, hopefully you have an older home. New homes are designed for air conditioning. They fail to have good overhangs on the eaves and do not have good airflow with the windows open. If you are in a position to remodel, buy or build a new home, make sure that you have good airflow in your living areas. By this, I mean that with the windows open, you will have a cross breeze. So I was in Arizona a while back, and I noticed that in many of the new homes, many of the windows could not even be open. Air conditioning is nice, but don't depend on it. All right, great points here. I remember my dad talking about when they were younger, they didn't have, they had those swamp coolers. And so it's not really an AC, and it was just like evaporative cooler that would uh you know throw out you know cooler air but that's kind of what they had and they used their windows they opened up their windows but they had those eaves over um you know over their windows so if it was raining rain would not come in uh, and then you know it always kept the heat out as well and so that was a big deal like this article was saying here our homes nowadays are built for ac they're not building it with that in mind I love the fact when dad was, you know, taking care of the country and he was building, building our, the structure up there that he did build it with that in mind. There was always a breeze up there and, you, you know, he built the, the living area with that in mind to be able to open up windows and big open areas. You know, a lot of the times the windows now, they might open, but they don't even have screens. And so, you know, everything's coming in and stuff like that. I know maybe in the old days they didn't have screens uh, either. But, you know, that, that might be something. If you're not opening up your windows, if you've gotten rid of screens before, you might want to invest in, in some of that and doing some of that. All right, so let's go ahead and move into some of these ideas here. The thing to look for in a home that will help you stay cool are as follows. Good airflow through the living areas. At least three foot overhangs on the eaves. The home should be well insulated. There should be no air leaks around doors and windows. Use caulking or weather stripping as necessary. Energy efficient windows. 
I know our windows, when we live in an older house and our windows, you know, they put the cheap windows in there. And that is one thing that I do want to upgrade where you have the double pane windows and you have that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of loss there, whether it's heat or uh, the air conditioning going through the windows. So that's something that, that uh, would be a great big benefit there. So use blinds, cellular shades, or line curtains inside the windows. Install sunscreens or awnings on outside of the windows. Plant a tree or trees a safe distance from the house to provide shade on the home. Man, that's important. Uh, you know, shade adds a whole lot to uh, the area. And so if you can do that, I mean, you have to, you know, you're thinking long-term maybe if you're having to plant uh, new trees. But some of these new neighborhoods, these com- you, you drive through these communities, right? And, uh, you know, they set it all up and they'll put like a small little pine tree there so that it can grow pretty quickly, but it doesn't provide any kind of shade at all. Now, of course, yeah, the side, uh, the other side of that, when you have hurricanes and things like that, if you don't kick, take care of your trees, if you don't, uh, you know, make sure that you, you allow airflow uh, in the tree itself, in the canopy, well, then they can easily be toppled over. And we see a lot of that in the Houston area whenever we get strong winds and hurricanes and stuff like that. So uh, then one of the last things here is a solar-powered attic fan can help some cooling by pulling hot air out of the attic from either a roof vent or a gable vent. So that is that is a great idea for if you're installing um, a solar-powered attic fan those are going to be different. I would think that one that you, I looked up solar powered fan that you could just buy for an individual. And I, I didn't get see a lot of really great reviews on Amazon. In fact, a lot of the fans looked like there were just fans connected to a solar panel. And so, you know, there you go with that. Um, so continuing on here, things you can do to help you and your home stay cool. So don't cook or eat during the heat of the day. Eat early or late. Digesting food takes energy and generates heat. Remember that other article was talking about using smaller meals, eating smaller meals, and that way you're not your body is not heating up as much to to get rid of that or to process that and uh, digest that. Then do not cook inside. Eat cold meals or use an outdoor grill or camping stove. This is a great time to use your solar oven or Wonder Box. If you have good insulation, open your windows at night to allow the house to cool off. Then close your windows in the morning and the house should stay cooler during the day. Keep your blinds or curtains closed as long as the sun hits them. Limit your physical activities to early morning or late evening. The more you move, the hotter you will get. Dress in light, loose cotton clothes. Perspiration in cotton clothes can can create an evaporation cooler effect. Drink plenty of water. Avoid caffeinated or alcoholic beverages. Get a solar-powered fan. Okay, that's where that solar-powered fan is, that individual solar-powered fan. I just didn't see a lot of good reviews on Amazon all the, on those. I would prefer, if you wanted to do something along those lines, and maybe you have a family member that uh, you, know, you want to make sure that they stay cool, is you can get one that's powered by USB. So you have those fans, and I, I have a few of these, where if, let's just say, you work in uh, an office and they keep it warmer in there and you want a fan blowing on you, you can connect it to your USB and it will blow. Well, we have so many of these big battery banks now that you know you can use one of these to be very portable and and do it that way you can get a 12 volt fan and connect it to like a car battery and and have that kind of setup uh, where you 
refill the car battery with you know solar panels that you are using and so again you're wanting to think of ways that you can help your uh you know the older family members and your younger family members stay cool and healthy because the heat will affect them in a, in a different way so there are some things that i'm that's what i want to talk about here at the very end here so uh continuing on just a few more things when outdoors keep your head covered have a good wide brimmed hat Wear a water-soaked bandana on your head or neck. A friend who lives in the Sonora Desert said that prior to getting air conditioning, he often slept on a cot outside under a wet sheet. I know that that was one of the little bits of advices that you could uh, you could get is even you know putting spraying your sheet down with uh, spritzing it with water, spritzing your face with water, and uh, you could do that. And if you have a basement, you may want to consider sleeping in it since they normally stay cooler. So there is uh, a friend of mine in the preparedness community, Michael Bunker. He used to write a lot on preparedness. And he is, when you look at him and you look at his dress, he uh, would look to you, he would remind you of an Amish person, right? Now they call themselves plain people, so they're not exactly dressed like the Amish would, but they, they look like it. And he lives in Central Texas where it is very hot. It's kind of, a you know, just super super i just super hot but anyway not too long ago he posted a picture of himself where he was down in a cellar because it was just so hot outside and he had one of those powered fans where you power it with because they are completely off grid and so they don't have you know they don't have your central air and heat and things like that i do think that they have an area an office area where they can go and they can cool it off with uh you know a little window unit but when they're working and it's the hot part of the day, he had a fan, I guess one of those Ryobi fans, you know, you just connect uh, the battery to it. And he was down in the cellar trying to cool off because it was so much cooler down there. And so if you have a basement, we don't have basements where I live, but that would be definitely something that I would look into. But if you have a basement, you want to consider, you know, how could you utilize that in a time when it's hot, especially if it is 10 to 15 degrees cooler down there like the other article said uh, down in the basement that makes a big big difference and when then you incorporate some kind of fan and you know other things there I mean you can really stay cool down there and so uh, something to consider so one last sentence to end the or two sentences to end this article out well these are all good things to help you stay cool the biggest factor will be to allow your body to acclimatize to the heat remember many people lived happily before air conditioning all right, and that is so true. Many people did, and they lived here in, in the Houston area without air conditioning, and that still blows my mind. But there you go. Uh, I guess to everybody, to each their own, right? Everybody has their their desired uh, temperature, and uh, it would. I know that it would just completely be miserable for me. Um, but other people would would love would love to be in the warmer weather. So anyway. Um, Great information here, guys. And again, like I said, when you, the whole reason we're talking about preparedness here is that we are looking forward to a time where things can be, you know, can get crazy. Now, I know that I didn't, I, I think I recorded the podcast before. I don't know if I talked about the, uh, the blackouts in Manhattan or in New York uh, when they happened last week. I can't remember if, uh, it, it, you know, a week ago, 
seems like it's been so long, you know, when you, when you're talking about doing the podcast and when I'm still, I guess I'm not used to not doing it every single day, but imagine if that blackout in Manhattan or in New York would have lasted a lot longer than it did. Now, when you looked at, and this was, again, this was when Hurricane Barry was hitting Louisiana. And so I was watching the news because I was wanting to hear about, you know, what's going on in New Orleans. I was like, man, I hope they don't have another Katrina and all that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I know how bad that was. And so, you know, I'm watching the news for that, but they're not even talking about Hurricane Barry. They're talking about what's going on, the blackout in, in Manhattan. And so, you know, there were people in high rises that you can't use the elevators and they're having to walk down all of these flights of stairs. I think about an older person who is up there who needs help or they might not even be able to move and they might be in a wheelchair and who's going to be able to bring them down, you know, bring them down many flights of stairs so that they can be cool and, and they can be outside and, and not in a very hot high rise. I mean, luckily this happened in the evening time, right? Well, I mean, there's benefits to that because you don't have the sun out, but also it's a scary thing because, well, it's, it's dark, you know? And so there was a lot of people, one of the things that they were talking about, there was a lot of people stuck in elevators when everything went down. And the thing to consider here is we don't, I don't remember reading the specific cause. They had said, I've heard a couple of different things throughout the week of things that it could have happened, you know, could have caused all of this. But then you had an issue in Washington as well. Guys, this is going to happen more and more often because we have an old infrastructure, an old grid, and they're just, they're not really working on it. You know, they're not upgrading it. They are patching it. They are doing what they need to get us by. Kind of like what I was doing with my air condition. I was getting by until, you know, I really needed to do something. And unfortunate, unfortunately, that's the way this world ha- works, right? Is nothing gets done until it absolutely has to be done. And by that time, you're talking about people's lives. You're talking about people who will take advantage of that type of situation. And so as we still continue on, I mean, we're looking at, uh, I'm, you know, we're in the middle of July here. We still have, a, you know, another uh, two months of hot weather, at least here in the Houston area. I know uh, you guys up north might be cooling off, uh, you know, a lot sooner than we are. But you you have this thing, right? And so we need to consider this when we have blackouts and when the power goes out and, and things like that. I mean, like I said, the Manhattan one, at least it was only a few hours and things didn't get very crazy. But what if it was longer than that in the heat of summer, right? Two, three, four days in the heat of summer before things were able to get back up and what that would do. And so again, we prepare so that when things like this happen, we can go ahead. We have a plan. Our, our loved ones are looking at us like, hey, what are we going to do here? And like, hey, we've got this under control because we have a plan in place. We have something that we can do when the time is necessary that we can, we can uh, you know, cool ourselves off and we can make sure that, you know, grandpa, grandma uh, are safe and sound. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about is there is a guy that I've been following on YouTube for a very long time. His name is Desert Sun O2, or that's the YouTube channel, Desert Sun O2, and I will link to this. And this guy does a lot of DIY projects as far as like heating and cooling and solar. 
and he makes it very plain for you to understand how to put it in place. One of the things that he had done is you have these coolers, right? And you you know the, the foam coolers that maybe cost two or three bucks that you can buy at the store. And the very first time that I saw this, he used one of those where you basically put ice in it and then you're pushing air, a, you know, a fan, a 12-volt fan uh, through the top. You cut out the top and you're pushing that air through and then it comes out of a tube and it's very cool air. So my dad actually created one of these when he went up to the country and it worked great. He said it, it really worked great. It really did what it was supposed to do. It was cold air. It cooled us down in the evening time when we were trying to sleep. The only thing that he would have done differently is that the foam, the, the foam uh, ice chest broke really easily, right? They're very flimsy, so they're not going to last very long. So he's like, next time I do this, next time I buy one of these, I'm going to use a cooler, or I'm going to, uh, I'm going to buy a cooler, or I'm going to find someone who has a used cooler and uh, that's getting rid of it, and I'm going to use that to make this, uh, you know, this air condition, this DIY air condition. And so I'm looking at his YouTube channel right now, you know, Desert Sun O2, and he has a homemade, you know, at the very top popular uploads, a homemade air conditioner, a DIY in a five gallon bucket. And then he has the, uh, the one in the cooler. And then he has things like, you know, making rocket stoves and how to heat a small space with radiant, a radiant space heater. He uses a lot of solar and different things like that. So I, I highly recommend if you want to do some D if you have some DIY projects that you want to you want to put into effect and you want to make sure that you can do uh, and so that you have something that you can utilize or maybe you're going camping and you want to take one of these. I know uh, my brother did this recently. He took, he made uh, one of the DIY foam, uh, you know, foam coolers or ACs and he took it with him camping and uh, you know, it did work. And so if you want to do something like that, you can have this and uh, utilize it and see where you go from there. So I'm going to link to his YouTube channel definitely you know i've linked to a lot of his videos throughout the years but it's definitely worth a look to come check it out and see if there's any diy projects that would help you and your family out all right everyone well that is it for episode 594 hey we talked a lot about heat and how to stay cool remember we're doing it for our family for our loved ones so that we can protect them so that when things go crazy that we have answers we have plan a plan b Plan C to help them stay safe in emergency situations. And so a lot of great stuff. I hope you take a little bit of time to research some of these articles and links that I'm going to link to a lot of uh, information for you in the show notes. Hey guys, if you are listening again, like I said, listening to this podcast and you are not subscribed, uh, I would love for you to come on over and to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com or in your podcast catcher and search for the Prepper Website Podcast. That way you never miss another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast and the sweet goodness, sweet prepper goodness that, that uh, we try to put out there for everyone and try to make preparedness just very easy and simple to understand. Hey, also, I want to remind you throughout the week, if you are looking for more preparedness. Now, if you're listening for podcasts, there are a lot of great podcasts out there. I talked about Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's 
podcast. You can definitely uh, you know subscribe to theirs. But if you're looking for preparedness content and articles that you can read and ways that you can stay informed and boost your preparedness, well, then you want to come over to PrepperWebsite.com. That's where I link to somewhere between 8 to 12 articles every single day of the best preparedness articles that are out there. So you can come to one place and from there link to these uh, these great articles and go read them for yourself. And you, you never know, you might want to uh, even save them, right? So there's a lot of great information over there. And then not only the great preparedness articles, but I do have pages that are dedicated to specific things like uh, alternative news, conspiracy theories, uh, frugal living, firearms, DIY, uh, you know, all kinds of things out there that you might be interested in and to, to know. And so it's all easy and all in one page so that you can find it uh, for you over at prepperwebsite.com. You just need to go to the right hand corner and use the little drop down to find those pages. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are using those. They've become very, very popular as people find them uh, more and more People are going to just like that one one page and they're realizing I can get a lot of information here instead of going and searching it all out or waiting to see it on social media where you know that they're not going to serve up what you actually want to uh, want to see. This stuff is coming. These feeds are coming straight from these websites. And so it's a great thing. Uh, I'm glad a lot of people are utilizing it. So I hope you will as well. Hey guys, and don't forget to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes where you can connect and join the email list. That's a way that I connect with you throughout the week. I try to do that on Tuesdays uh, if there's something. And if there's not something, I don't send out an email. That's just the way it is. And uh, you know, I don't want to uh, spam your 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 inbox for just nothing, right? I want to give you something that's valuable and something that's interesting uh, and connect with you. And then on Saturday, I send out the Saturday prep that has become very popular. I'm just blown away by, you know, how everyone links to, or, you know, they, they read those articles there because I can see the clicks on that. And so that's uh, really, really cool. And so when you're a part of the email list, you get that as well as usually I, I notify the email list of things that are going on there before anywhere else. And so you get to hear about things for Prepper website there uh, before you'll see it on the website or before you hear about it on the podcast. So I would greatly appreciate it if you haven't subscribed to come on over and subscribe. I have a link in the show notes, like I said. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.